As entrepreneurs, perfectionism can be our biggest enemy because it hinders us from taking action. If we wait for the perfect moment to take perfect action, we can end up waiting forever and lose out in the game of business and in life. In today's interview, I will endeavor to learn why we need to abandon this perfectionism and how we can become much more action-oriented by embracing imperfectionism. Well, hello, hello, my ambitious friends, and welcome to 2000 Books, where we bring you the most important actionable ideas from the world's greatest books for ambitious entrepreneurs. Books in the field of startups, marketing, sales, productivity, management, leadership, strategy, self-help, and much more. And I'm your host, Manny Vile. Stephen Geis is a philosopher, blogger, and author of The Runaway Success, Mini Habits, which we featured on episode 12 of the 2000 Books podcast. Today, we're talking about his second book, How to Be an Imperfectionist, The New Way to Self-Acceptance, Fearless Living, and Freedom from Perfectionism. Stephen, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. Hey, good to have you back, man. Uh, we talked yeah. about uh, many habits for a while. That was a lot of fun. And I'm excited to talk about how to be an imperfectionist. I got around to listening to it on audio, on Audible, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, ready to pick your brain on this one now. I'm ready for it to happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, so tell us tell us a little bit about like how this book came into being. What was the motivation? How did you get into this one? So in my work, I'm always looking for the roots of things. Like uh, I think a lot of people focus on surface issues when they could be focusing on a, a deeper root issue, which if they solved would not only fix this issue, but also a number of different issues. So I was just brainstorming about the core root issues that affect our daily lives and and I got to thinking about perfectionism and it just, it hit a lot of the targets for why we don't take action, why we're afraid of things. Fear and perfectionism are very closely correlated. Uh, and it just seemed like a really important uh, topic to tackle. And I don't think that it has been tackled very well. In my research, I found a lot of science heavy books that have a lot of interesting information, but aren't necessarily interesting to read or very applicable. And then I found another sort of uh, book that's, that's focused on letting go, but not giving you the greatest strategies for actually how to do that. So that's the niche I tried to fill, bringing in the science, making it interesting, and also making it very actionable and relevant to daily life. Yeah, absolutely. And it does do that. Uh, I think the closest it comes to clumps in terms of uh, psychological or, or in terms of psychology books, I, I, I think cognitive behavioral therapy addresses a lot of these things that you're addressing here. And uh, David Burns has a lot of the stuff on similar stuff. But you went really deep into imperfection, which uh, is super critical. I, as you said, I've never seen a book on this and I've been on this journey for a while now. So um, <laughs> let's 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 talk a little more about the book. Well, give us like a 10,000 feet, like a two to three minute overview of the book. What's What are we going to expect from the book? So the book is basically a critical look at perfectionism and how exactly it affects us and why we tend, I would say it's the most common default mindset. Like as people, we just tend to drift into this way of thinking. 
So I examine why why that is, why we're drawn to it, and the the overall impact it has on us in various aspects of our lives, and then kind of work backwards from that to to find solutions that can reverse this natural process. Right. So let's let's talk a little bit about imperfectionism. Why is that such? Why, why is it? I mean, if you think, if you, if we just skim the surface, we would think, hey, it's good to be a perfectionist. You should be a perfectionist because that's the right thing to do. You should get everything right. You should uh, get all the perfect grades and you should have all the perfect answers. That's the way we have been taught. That's the way life has been um, in almost many ways. We've been indoctrinated into believing that we should be perfect in everything we do. But what you're saying is, no, we should not do that. What's the idea here? Why, why are you saying that? Yeah, you hit on a really critical point, and that's that society has, has a certain view of perfectionism that's really kind of warped. Uh, the main issue that I found is that People, when they think about or talk about perfectionism, group it with a completely different concepts, but they marry the two so that in their mind, they can't separate the two. And that other thing is a striving for excellence. So a lot of people, when they think, oh, I'm a perfectionist, and they say with a little bit of pride, you know, like they say it as a flaw, but deep down they're kind of proud of being a perfectionist yeah it's a standard interview answer right yeah well what's your greatest weakness oh i'm such a perfectionist (laughs) (laughs) it's true and they're thinking that's actually a strength and they're gonna see it that way but the truth is striving for excellence is not the same as perfectionism perfectionism if you want to look at it technically is aiming for absolute perfection and perfection is not something you can argue against. It's perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. But perfectionism, striving for perfection, literal perfection, is actually highly damaging and it holds us back. So that's the, that's the big societal problem I see. And of course, the problem is that we all want to strive for excellence. So if you want to strive for excellence, a very healthy thing to do, and you think that it has to be tied to perfectionism, you're going to get a lot of the junk that comes from being a perfectionist with the striving for excellence. And you can definitely separate the two. Um, It's a lot easier and more effective to strive for excellence as an imperfectionist. Let's take an example here. Let's say you are a beginning entrepreneur. You're just starting off your endeavor and you're stuck you're thinking, I'm going to have the perfect product, the perfect video, the perfect audio, whatever it is that you're working on. Why is that wrong? What's, what, what, would, what should the guy be doing instead? What should the entrepreneur be working on instead? Uh, the, the big problem with that is that deep down, you know, that's not going to happen. You, especially your first product or attempt, it's not going to be perfect. You're going to fall short. And what does that do to you psychologically? It's very discouraging. It's Nobody likes to fall short of the mark, whatever mark they're setting. And the proper way to, to view it is to, to aim for experience, gaining experience so you can improve your craft and your skills. And also to aim for progress. I like to, one thing, probably a theme throughout the book is to aim for progress over success or rather to 
redefine success as progress. So even if I take this little step and I trip and I get back up again, that's good because I'm moving forward and that's the best we can do is move forward. Yeah. I think the challenge for a lot of people who don't start is they build up this whole idea of some perfect output in their head and they wait and wait and wait and wait and wait until all the conditions are right, until everything is aligned and then they will have the perfect outcome or the perfect scenario. But it never, life never allows you to do that. And you touched on a really, uh, to me, interesting part of perfectionism, and that's all the different ways you can be a perfectionist. You mentioned one, which is your circumstances. A lot of people wait for the right moment and the right situation to do something. Other ones are like a perfect quantity. Most goals people set, and this ties into many habits, uh, most goals people set are things like uh, getting in great shape with a six pack, like the and anything below that they consider failure. That's perfectionism. Uh, many habit is like making the smallest amount of progress success, and that's why it's a naturally imperfectionist way of doing things. Yeah. So let's 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 now jump into um, how to beat perfectionism or how to be an imperfectionist. So what are the three key ideas, the three important ideas that you consider the, I'm sure there's a lot of great ideas and I personally know I've read the book, there are a lot of great ideas, but let's, let's talk about three ideas from the book that are going to help people beat this perfectionism problem. Okay. Yeah. As you said, the book is full of different solutions for the different subsets of perfectionism. The uh, concern over mistakes subset of perfectionism my favorite solution for that and really of the whole book is a concept I call the binary mindset. And the term comes from binary data. Uh, It's computer language, zeros and ones. So if it's a zero, it's off. If it's a one, it's on. And that's how all computers work. It's just logic based like that and flows down. Anyone who who's taken computer science will understand. I have. I'm an electrical engineer, so okay, I know yeah, exactly what yeah. you're talking about. You know how it flows down: zero, one. Okay, it's one. So, uh, and then there's another concept out in the world, and perhaps television is the easiest way to understand it. Uh, a binary or digital television signal is just zeros and ones, and as long as those zeros and ones get there you have a perfect, clear image. But with the older style, the analog TV, the quality on your television is dependent on the quality of the signal. So you can have anywhere from a clear picture to the black and white fuzz. So the perfectionist tends to be of the analog type where they they see the full spectrum like, oh, all this can go wrong and might go right. But the binary mindset is really powerful because it it takes this whole spectrum and reduces it down to win or lose. And this simplification is really powerful. And I'll give you an example why. Uh, So I'm a single guy and I need to talk to women if I want to change that. (laughs) Right. If you want to date beautiful women. Yeah. You actually have to talk to them. So that's right. uh, I've always been pretty shy around women. So 
I knew the power of many habits in my life for things like exercise and uh, writing. And I wondered how I could apply that power to other areas of my life, like talking to women. That's not a habit, but it's something that you have an opportunity to do. So I was in the grocery store one day. I saw a beautiful woman. And immediately my inner perfectionist started thinking about how I had to be James Bond in front of this girl. Like, and anything less than that wasn't good enough. So my natural response to that is to shut down and not even consider talking to her. So that's when I first tried the binary mindset. I said, okay, if I don't talk to her, zero. If I say hi to her, one, that's a win. I can, I can say hi to her as I'm tripping and spitting on myself. But as long as I say the word hi, it's still a victory. So long story short, I did that. I said hi to her. She was a little confused because I just kept walking past her. <laughs> and... Uh, but we actually had a short conversation after that, and it was good practice for me talking to a woman. And That's since right. then, I've gotten a lot better through this concept. I'm into so, that, man. You're talking to your fellow single guys. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. there with you when it comes to stuff like this. It's part of the journey, right? It's part of the process. But a lot of times, I'll see that, let's say we're out and about, my friends, uh, we're in a bar or any social situation, and guys will put so much pressure on themselves to say it has to have the perfect outcome or i'm not even going to go and say hi to her and that is as you said that's definitely the mindset that's going to just keep you single for that's a recipe for being single for a very long time yeah and that's what perfectionism does it, it makes you doubt yourself and just it makes you unwilling to take the risks that you need to take in life yeah absolutely that's that's so key like it's dissuades you from taking any risk even though the risks might themselves might be really small i mean what's yeah. the worst that could happen when you go and talk to a girl in a grocery store but you know we make up all these stories in our heads of what's the worst that could happen and then we dissuade ourselves from taking even the most basic action yeah that's the thing i mean and the worst case scenario which isn't even bad being told no or leave me alone I actually had this happen yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I was walking down the street and this girl and I were just kind of walking along the same path. And I was like, are we headed to the same place? And I guess I gave off a creeper vibe. She's like, I'm not telling you where I'm going. <laughs> like, right. But you know, that, that was good. And process. I learned something from that. That's part of the process. That's right. Yeah, but absolutely, you took a chance, you you still made an effort, and that's what counts. Because over time, you build this muscle, you build this knowledge base. Exactly. Maybe the other the other idea ties into it, or, but it's just the idea of the high local uh, results versus, or the idea of... High, high general expectations and low specific expectations. Right. Yeah, that's another thing I talk about in the book. And the basic idea of that is to, in general, expect good things in your life. Like, in general, I'm not going to expect myself to be alone forever. Because obviously, that, that would affect my behavior in a way that would make that very possible. But to have low specific expectations, so like walking alongside that girl in the street about to talk to her, I can't expect that it's going to be a magical happening and we're going to get married. 
I'm just going to say like, well, I can't, I don't know what to expect, so I'm not going to expect much. And that just puts you in a better place emotionally for whatever the outcome is. If things go well, it's a positive surprise. If things don't, then you're not crushed and you can continue to try different things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Cool. Let's talk about the next big idea you have. Sure. That's uh, circumstantial versus procedural thinking. Now, a perfectionist will tend to think very circumstantially. Uh, They'll be in a, a bad situation and just kind of dwell on that situation. And this is the subset of rumination where you're you're thinking back on something you did or something that's happening now, and you're just dwelling on what's wrong. So the better mindset, the better perspective to have is that of a procedural thinker. And there's a great example of this, uh, and that is Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs are not really defined by their physical prowess, though that's a key component. What separates a Navy SEAL from the typical man is that a Navy SEAL has strong mental toughness and a very procedural mindset. So that when they're in the worst circumstances imaginable, they're able to continue to make progress and do what they need to do to carry out whatever their mission is. And a great example of this is Marcus Luttrell. Uh, the author of a book called Lone Survivor, where he and I think four other of his comrades are dropped into Afghanistan and they're ambushed by a hundred of the enemy's troops and all of his comrades are killed around him. A uh, rocket-propelled grenade hits beside him and blows him off the side of the mountain and he's got shrapnel in his leg and he's severely dehydrated in enemy territory and he's lost communications with the U.S. It's just the the worst situation and almost anyone would expect death. But in reading the book, you can see how he thinks. He's not thinking, oh, or he's not dwelling on, oh, look at all this terrible stuff. He's thinking, okay, where can I find water? He's just thinking about the next step. And that's just so powerful in our lives to to not think about what's wrong and think about what's the next step I can do to make this situation better. Yeah, absolutely. What, well, a lot of times what we try to do is make our circumstances perfect. Uh, we're thinking, okay, let me make sure everything is lined up and then I can go and do this thing. But what you're saying is let's let's... Let's make sure we understand the process. Let's make sure we know what is the next step here. Let's not think about the 25 different next steps or the 25. Let's not think about the outcome after 25 steps. Let's just think about the immediate next step. And that's all that matters. That's what we're saying. Navy SEALs are trained to only think, what is the immediate next step? Let's think, let's, let's get there. So for him, survival comes down to water. So let's find water. Let's not, yeah. you know, survival is not dependent on anything else. So, yeah, that's just like you said, if he had thought about, like, if he had projected what's going to happen in the next few days, he probably would have given up because, right. but 
spoiler alert he survives yeah right this one lone survivor <laughs> yeah title on the book uh no that, yeah we, we do that a lot in our businesses as well right we think when the conditions are right what will people think about this product being out there or what will how will this sales call go and we're projecting that 20 steps out in the future when all we need to do is pick up the phone and dial the number or go exactly. up to the prospect and talk and yeah. say hi which you, which you were just talking about earlier yeah. the binary outcome yeah say make hi. it binary definitely right. cool um what's the what's the next idea let's let's talk about the third idea here uh the next idea is another favorite of mine and that's it's really powerful it's called chance versus failure in the book and the basic idea is that a lot of failures in our life are not true failures in the sense that we did something wrong or that we fell short because so much of our world is built around chance. Uh, and a great example of this is the world's, let's see, I think she's the world's best-selling author. She definitely has the world's best-selling book series by far, and that's the Harry Potter series. She probably is. She's the richest author in the world. She probably is the best-seller. Yeah, over a billion dollars net worth. Uh, so J.K. Rowling, she was rejected, I think it was more than a dozen times yeah, more for than the times. first Harry Potter book. And if the best, the best-selling book series was rejected 12 times before it got a chance, then that shows you that there's a lot of chance in that process of trying to get your book published. And that's just one example of numerous examples of this in our lives like asking a girl to dinner to get back to that that's chance yeah you don't know if she's got a boyfriend if she's not into guys with thinning hair you know <laughs> they're <laughs> or, just you or can't. there could be so many other circumstances maybe she had a discussion she had a fight with her mother maybe her job she doesn't have a job right now maybe she feels terrible about whatever else is going on in yeah. her life there could be 100 other reasons why she would say no but unfortunately, we have this feeling that it, I failed because I couldn't make it happen, right? And that's just not accurate. A true failure is something like Thomas Edison's light bulb experiments, where he, he tried a specific combination of things and it didn't work. And he knew it was because of what he did. But chance failures, you can't just say, oh, I messed that one up because you don't know. It's... In many cases, it's just chance and you need to keep trying until you get a win. Yeah. And anytime people get involved, it becomes less scientific and more chance-based, right? Yeah, exactly. And this is powerful because when you label a chance failure as a failure failure, it's extremely discouraging. It can be. So when you when you look at it accurately like this, it it's just like, oh, well, I... I guess I'm not doing that poorly. I'll keep trying. Yeah, well, I think uh, when I was uh, reading through this or when I was thinking about it, of course, this is, this is so statistical what you're, what you're saying, that any chance you take is statistical. If you think of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, like every day, either there's a win or a loss, a win or a loss, a win or a loss. And every day if you go home thinking, oh, that was a win, that was a loss, that was a win, that was a loss, it'll just drive you nuts. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the overall long-term curve, hey, it's on the upward trend. But the, in some ways, that's the statistics of that are allowing, like, 
we're we're going up in the long term just by trying just by trying to figure it out just by taking those chances and you know letting those things work themselves out rather than every failure affecting us so badly that we don't take the next chance so realizing that these dips are all part of the process while we have an upward trend is so critical absolutely Great example too. Yeah, may not directly even correlate to what we're saying, but it it allows us to kind of give a visual to what's going on in this in this world yeah. sometimes yeah. with our lives. How we we'd like to make it all like black and white, but it's not like yeah. that. We want it to just be like this, but it's yeah. Not- Hey. <laughs> that's true and any endeavor in life just goes like that it's never a straight hockey stick curve it's it has to go through ups and downs and failures and what well, what we call failures but you know a positive outcome of an experiment or a negative outcome of an experiment but still right. an experiment as long as we continue to do the experiments we're moving forward yeah cool um great so now that we've talked about some some really awesome ideas, let's 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 give the listeners very specific or some homework, some assignments, so that they can really put this into action. Okay. So uh, the first thing I would say is related to the binary mindset, and that is to pick one goal or task that you would like to do today, and especially if it's something that intimidates you. And find a way to simplify your objective to something binary. So if you're working on a project and it's overwhelming you, maybe zoom in on one aspect of that project and say, if I get this done, it's a success. If I don't, it's a failure. And that really helps you to focus on it. And it also gives you the the encouragement of getting a win. So let's let's take an example here because I'm in I'm in the situation right now. I have to record a video. It's a 20 minute long video, and I am just delaying on it because it's a long video, and I somehow feel a little skeptical of taking action on it. So what should I do here? It's a 20 minute long video. What do I do? Okay, so the first thing, do you have a deadline, like a specific deadline for it? Um, not right now. Maybe that's part of the reason why i'm allowing myself today i want to get it done today but i'm not like it's not a strict deadline okay so if it's not urgent you could say i have to get one or two minutes of this video done today that's success if not failure just because that's a it should be a pretty easy target for you to hit and yeah you could even make it like unedited video just raw footage just to get you going. And that's that's a key part of this and also many habits is just getting the process started. Okay. So just break it down to the smallest possible component in many ways. Rather than think of 20 minutes, let's just think of recording one minute of video and see where it takes me from there. Exactly. Like when I said hi to that girl, it ended up being a conversation with her. So usually it will go beyond your initial aim. That's right. That's right. Cool. Excellent. What's what's another actionable advice for us? The second comes from the circumstantial versus procedural lesson, and that is to whenever you're in a harsh circumstance, like maybe you're having a tough time in life, just block out all of the emotional stuff and just think what is the very next step I can take to make my life or this situation better? So think like that Navy SEAL yeah, that we had. think like a Navy SEAL. Just think about the immediate next step and maybe, does it help to write down these things sometimes or? Yeah, it can definitely help. Uh, something I really like is uh, 
just a most important task list for the day where you write your three most important tasks. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you write the tasks down and they're more like entire projects, like work on book, it can help to actually specify that the literal action, like open up word processor and type X words. Because <laughs> mm, your, your brain, otherwise your brain has to convert it. Every time you consider doing that task, your brain has to convert work on book project into something it can actually do. Mm -hmm, you can't mm -hmm. generally work on a book. You're either writing, you're editing, or so on. So well, a lot of times, you know, author, every author will talk, or not every author, but a lot of the times, anyone who's related to the idea of productivity and time management, they'll tell you one of the keys is, T write down your top three goals for the day, right? That's what you said. Write down your top three tasks for the day. But what you're saying is let's, let's make sure we also write down what is that one next step? What is the most immediate step you will have to take in order to do that? Because sometimes it becomes too abstract, whatever the task we have given us, whatever right. the goal we've given us. So the immediate next action or the immediate smallest next action allows us to actually compartmentalize it and say, okay, I'll just, let's just start there and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, so it's great for goals, and it's also great for harsh circumstances. If you just find yourself in a in a rough spot, focusing on that whatever next step will help you out is really useful. Perfect. Great. Um, anything else? Uh, other assignments or? Uh, yeah. Another thing you could do is just reflect for a minute or so about how chance plays a role in your life. Maybe think back to some failures you believe you've had and and understand and consider the chance component. Because most of the things in our lives are chance-based. Uh, like we're either applying for jobs, hoping that our book is recognized by someone. I'm an author, so I have a lot of writing examples. Uh, so yeah, just think about the role chance plays in your life and that'll help you to, to really take a better view of what you're doing in life and, and maybe not be so hard on yourself for not having a 100% success rate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That makes sense to, to realize that, uh, anytime we have other people involved, it's not a completely scientific experiment. Right. There will be chances and there will be um, the experiments that don't turn around as you want them to. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you failed completely. It's just that that was the situation. But yeah. what you're saying is let's let's take a step back and let's think about these things in our lives rather than just beat ourselves up all the time. Right. Now, if if you do the same thing repeatedly, depending on what it is, there is a chance that it's also failure related that like I have an example of that. I tried to write a guest post for a blog called Mind Body Green. Mm -hmm. I sent it to them. I didn't hear back. I sent them a second guest post, didn't hear back. Sent them a third, still nothing. So that was three posts I sent, and I didn't hear back anything. So I knew other people were writing for them. So I, I wondered if there was something wrong in my approach. And so I, I talked to a friend who had written for them, and he said he had looked at their site and their content and what was popular and picked a topic based off of that. So I did the same, sent them a fourth one, and they accepted that one. So that's a good example about how chance and failure combine. I mean, they could have accepted one of my prior three articles, but they didn't. <laughs> that was chance, but it was also a little bit of a failure of mine 
to recognize what they were looking for. Right. What you're saying is that it's not just completely random chance, but uh, a lot of it is dependent on you. A lot of it is dependent on the other person. Just we have to make sure we keep on learning and making progress while we allow the other factors to also come into play. Yeah. It's just, it's important to try to separate the two chance and failure so that you know what you need to improve and you know when you need to just keep trying. Yeah. Keep throwing like Harry Potter, just keep asking different publishers because you know it's going to be the best selling book series of all time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sure she didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, no, she, she probably didn't, at least from the interviews I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Um, that's that's about all we had. Uh, so thank you very much, Stephen, for your wisdom and for the fun um, knowledge that we have shared here. So that was a lot of fun. But as you might have noticed, being an imperfectionist is really important if we want to succeed big in our lives. Becoming an imperfectionist is part of building that mental toughness because it embraces our flaws and allows us to take action in face of all the fears and challenges. And after reading hundreds of books, I have realized that every great thinker, entrepreneur, philosopher, researcher, athlete has come to the same conclusion. That mental toughness, that grit, that persistence, that resilience is the single biggest indicator and predictor of success in every walk of life. And that is why we have created the 2X Mental Toughness course, the 90-day course. And over a period of 90 days, we will help you develop the most important ingredient of success. I like to think of it as building an indestructible mind. You will learn a new idea and take action every single day. It's just 5 to 10 minutes of video and 5 to 10 minutes of exercise to start your day strong. It'll be your daily dose of powerful action to sculpt your brain. And by the time you're done, you will have a complete tool set of 90 great ideas to navigate through life's toughest challenges. Now, here's the thing. While 99% of the people crumble under pressure, the top 1% know how to handle that pressure and not only not crumble under that pressure, but instead come out better and stronger. It's not that you will just learn how to handle entrepreneurial adversities, but instead you will learn how to turn those adversities to your advantage and actually come out a winner in those adverse situations. So the course goes live on August 15th, but you can sign up right now as an early adopter and get a $30 discount. The course will be on sale for $99 on August 15th, but right now, as an early adopter, you can get it for only $69. You can check out the course at 2000books.com slash tough. That's T-O-U-G-H, tough. Or you can text the word toughness, T-O-U-G-H-N-E-S-S, to 44222, and we will respond back with the registration link and the discount. Until next time, my friends, go out and live a courageous life.